2: Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network.
1: Welcome to another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast right here on the CLNS Media Network. Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit back as always with Alex Barth from 98.5 Sports Hub to preview the Patriots Week 5 matchup back home at Gillette against the New Orleans Saints. Two and two Saints versus the one and three Patriots, but uh, we had a little... Roster shuffling uh, this week with all the unfortunate injuries, and it brought home an old friend first, and that was J.C. Jackson back in the fold uh, on Wednesday. They got him. It was became official just a few hours ago today for a late round pick swap in, in 2025, I believe it was, and Chargers took on most of that contract, too, which was a big thing. They paid all the rest of the guaranteed money, about seven and three quarters this year. Patriots are stuck paying them about one and a half million this year. And then the remaining three years of his contract are regular, but no guaranteed money so they can get out of that at any time. And, Alex, I don't know how you feel about that. And I know... JC is still, like he said last week, he still wasn't 100% and and might be working his way back from that injury he had last year. But they were at a point where they needed cornerbacks badly with all these injuries. And to get a guy who has been familiar in your system, has had success in your system, and and get him in here, I think that's kind of a a boost for the defense here.
0: Yeah, I, I always felt like if JC got cut, he'd end up being back here. I think the injuries probably made it so that they couldn't afford to wait for that, um, definitely a player they needed. He'll help. I don't know. I think some people are just expecting him to be the guy he was last time he was here, which was an all pro corner. He was second team all pro in 2021. I got to see how well he's moving off that knee injury. We don't really have a great sample size. He struggled the first two weeks, and then got benched the last two. Uh, look, he's a better option than, than Miles Bryant and Sean Wade. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's not. He's a much, much better option, but to what extent he can help the defense. I don't know that he can be, you know, I think asking him to play at the level Christian Gonzalez played at the first four weeks might be a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. And you're downgrading there. We still don't know what, what the Judon, the plan is to replace Judon. Uh, Gerard Mayo earlier this week spoke very highly of Keon White, but then Trey Flowers comes back to practice. So where are they going there? Uh, it's, look, it's no secret. they They've got a massive hole to dig out of with these injuries and, I think JC Jackson helps, but I don't think he's the one for one swap for Gonzalez. And then in terms of the long term, I, you know, he's not going to be on this team next year with a cap hit of $14 million. Yeah. He's just not. So if he's bad this year, he gets cut. If he's good, they'll restructure, or maybe trade him. If he can be 80% of the player, he was his first time here, him, Gonzalez, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, that's a and then, And then, I mean, we'll see where John Jones factors in, but that's a damn good secondary right there. So, not a ton of risk here. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think the upside's as high, maybe as some other people do, but I'm not going to say there's not upside. <clears throat> we'll see. Uh, the big test for him, though, because remember when, when we were having those debates, and I think it was still Evan on the show at this point about bringing JC Jackson back, and you know, Remember the whole thing was like, is he really a, a a number one corner? Yeah. Remember that? And the analogy I made at the time with J.C. Jackson, I, I make a lot with corners, Brian, is like to baseball, right? There's number one starting pitchers and there's aces. Just because a player is a number one starting pitcher in a rotation doesn't mean he's an ace. And sometimes it's vice versa. You can have two aces. I... J.C. Jackson was like right on that line. He's definitely a number one corner. He's one of the 32 best corners in the league. If he's your starting number one corner, you're probably in good shape. But is he an ace? Is he a guy that can go out there and just blank anybody? And that was kind of the question about giving him that big contract. And what it always came back to was, well, if you can't stop Stefan Diggs, you can't throw the bag at him because you need to be able to stop Stefan Diggs twice a year. who do the Patriots play in two weeks, three weeks? Stephon Diggs and the Buffalo Bills. That is going to be a very interesting game. And that was going to be the big question with Christian Gonzalez. John Jones couldn't stop Stephon Diggs. JC Jackson couldn't. Was Gonzalez finally going to be the guy that gave the Patriots the leg up in that matchup in that regard? Uh, And now you're back to JC Jackson, who didn't just get beat by Stephon Diggs. I mean, got roasted by him on multiple occasions.
1: Yeah, Ugh, just so painful that Christian Gonzalez injury. Just yeah, it's gonna uh, just that's the worst thing that happened from Sunday, in, in my opinion. I think, but no, um, eh. it's yeah, it's up there. Yeah, there was it, lot, it's
0: all so. the worst thing that happened. There, there was <laughs> game is the worst. Sunday
1: thing that was happened. just a mess. But uh, yeah, on that like ace first uh, starting corner kind of thing, I think that's what the Chargers kind of like. I think they paid him and then kind of thought he was gonna be like. This Darrell Revis, yeah. this travel, shutdown type of guy, and, and that's why you saw him in, in the seven games he played last year before he was getting hurt. That's why he, he was getting beat pretty badly. But I think the one thing that he could kind of bring here was he was a ball hawk when he was here, right? Like that was his Mr. INT. That was his thing, and this is a defense through four games that has two turnovers and one interception, and that was Christian Gonzalez. So, they like with the way this offense is going, they need all the help they can get. So if you can get someone in here who, who can start turning the ball over with, with J.C. Jackson, that, that's going to be a big boost for them. And Jack Jones is a guy who's kind of like that, too. There was another report out today kind of confirming what we were already expecting or, or heard that that's still going to be a few more weeks till Jack Jones is back in the equation on IR there. But uh, th- yeah, as, as you said, like it's an upgrade over. Sticky Miles Bryant and Sean Wade out there all the time. Yeah. So, you have him hopefully John Jones is back this week and then Brian in the slot and Wade's kind of your depth guy there. Right. That's I think going to be the plan here. Yep. But um so we can move over to some of this Saints preview and I think it all all eyes are on Mac Jones here to see how he rebounds from that disaster on on Sunday and I don't know. Do you do you have confidence that he's gonna bounce back here? Because that that was a mess. Like watching that back, more and more, it was a mess. J.T. O'Sullivan. If anyone doesn't, you know, watch his QB school videos, he put out like a 30-minute-long video on Mac breaking him down, and he just confirmed everything. I think we already saw and thought like it it was a mess, footwork-wise, decision-making-wise. So, is there any confidence on your part here that Mac can kind of bounce back against this Saints defense?
0: So I, I don't think he'll play that bad again, simply because I don't know how he can. Um, if he has another game like that, you know, we'll we'll do the full hour next week on on Michael Penix <laughs> and college
1: quarterbacks and, and,
0: and, and yeah, and Bo Nix and, and Quinn Ewers and those guys. Um, I, the thing for me is like, I just need to see him play within himself. I'm not expecting him to come out and throw 400 yards or anything like that. This is a good defense, but like what I would tell him is if I'm one of the coaches, the the throw's back across the field. That's the one that's like, that's not an NFL play. I tell you, you take a 20-yard sack before you make that throw. I see you throw back across the field blindly like that once you're on the bench. That's got to go. The the panicked plays have got to go. And what does that leave? Does that leave a guy that completes 20 passes for 200 yards with, with no touchdowns, no picks? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, you kind of have to build back baby step, which is sad at this point, but that's where they are. So, I, I, I he, look, he's better than the player he was on Sunday. Yeah, he clearly is better. But oh well, no, that's what he was, and you're defending him. No, it's clearly not who he is because he doesn't play every game like that. The question is, is this a, a one off that he can shake off, or is there going to be a process of building it back here? And the Saints got him good last time too. That Saints game. Week three, his rookie year, he threw his first three career interceptions in that game, and one of them was, you know, late in the game, hail mary, whatever. But he wasn't good in that game either. So this is a defense that's had success against them. So that element of it will be easy to see as well.
1: Yeah, my big thing with him is the footwork because it, yeah, a lot of those throws against Dallas and this is something that even dated back to the end of last year and maybe you saw glimpses of it early this year it's a lot of those like fading away and floater type of passes and you can't have that with his type of arm strength so you know bailing from the pocket is one thing but he needs to be a quarterback that can reposition himself in the pocket like Evan Taylor and I were just talking about this like Brady used to always call it like the phone booth right like those little movements in, in the phone booth to reestablish yourself reset your feet and then you know when his base is set then he can kind of drive the ball in those kind of tighter areas down the field so that's what you want to see from him and, and you'd expect the Saints like they don't blitz a lot they don't have a lot of pressure this year it'd be interesting if that changes when they see this Patriots offensive line right now but I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints come out pretty aggressive early and say, you know, we're going to try to hit Mack a few times on these opening drives and try to rattle him and see if that he follows a similar path in Dallas where he looks spooked, his footwork starts to go. And, you know, that's my kind of concern with him because, again, once that goes, like, that's a tough process to get back, especially midseason. I
0: mean, look, he was seeing ghosts. He was seeing ghosts and, and, Part of it is the offensive line has to be better. We'll talk about the offensive line because I think this team right now is absolutely shooting themselves in the foot when it comes to the offensive line. But I don't know. Sorry, Mac. You're going to get hit. Yeah. You got to be. And and he's – he to this point, he had done a good job of anticipating pressure. I don't think he was necessarily moving well, but – there were times the first couple of games where there's a rusher coming right out and he throws right into the blitz and it's it's on time and it's accurate. and He completes the pass. He just started anticipating contact way too much last week. And look, you'd like to be able to say, hey, he'll be protected better this week. He won't. They have the worst <laughs> by every metric, the worst blocking unit in the league. So, no, he's not going to be protected better. And this is it goes back to the flaw in the roster building. You're just asking him to do too much and he's going to be asked too much to do too much this week. The question is, will he try to do too much, or will he play within himself?
1: Yeah. All right, let's let's talk about the offensive line, because as you just said, dead last in every whatever pass block, percentage, stat, site you want to look at, they are dead last. Metric, yeah. And and I feel like we're at the point where something drastic needs to happen, and that drastic thing is probably moving Mike Unwinner to tackle, but... They don't look like they're willing to do that. They seem pretty stuck in their ways that they're going to leave him at guard. So,
2: Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblinghelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234.
0: You know, hang on. Before we move on from that,
2: All right, I do want that. to
0: discuss what that would look like because... I, that's, we're, talk, we're talking about the team. We're breaking down the team, and I, I don't think they deserve a pass for that. Their best five is Mike Owen at right tackle because not only are they struggling at right tackle right now, and Vidarian Lowe is not good last week. You're seeing Mike Owen, struggle at right guard because he is also having to do too much. Because he is overcompensating and having to deal with the weakness on his right. So... I think they'll probably try Riley Reef out there. I don't know how well that's going to go. He wasn't good this summer. The foot speed wasn't there. Guys are just burning around the edge on him. And these the Saints seem as some fast pass rushers. But as much as Reef struggled to tackle, I thought he was good at guard. I thought he was good at guard. Put him at right guard. Put Michael Winn at right tackle. Brian, we've talked about this a lot. It's... You can cover up one spot and still probably get by. They're never going to have a great offensive line. But if you have Trent Brown, whoever your left guard is, Cole Strange, Antonio Mafi, whoever, Trent Brown, left guard, David Andrews, Riley Reef, Michael wenu I think that's a serviceable group. Yeah. You're covering up at left guard, and I think everybody else can hold their own. Michael Wenu's not going to be back here next year. He shouldn't be back here next year. They invested heavily in guards in the draft, that is a sign that you are not going to re-sign somebody. If they do resign him, I don't know where these guards are playing unless they're moving Cole Strange, which is a problem in its own right. You don't need to worry about his value. Is he better at right guard than right tackle? Yes, slightly. But the drop-off from him to Riley Reef is not nearly as big as the drop-off from him to or the drop-off from him to Riley Reef at right guard is not nearly as big as the drop-off from him to Riley Reefer, right tackle, or him to Badarian Lowe, or him to Calvin Anderson, or him to or to whoever. They need to consider making that move. They won't do it. I apologize for, apologizing for wasting two minutes of everybody's time. <laughs> but it needs to absolutely be on the table. And I'll bring this up, too, with Leo Collins.
2: He I guess sign-
0: if you want to if you want to exhaust every possible outlet, sign and bring him in, see what he looks like. I, I'm not saying no, but I, I wouldn't get the hopes up about him.
1: Yeah, 30 absolutely. years old,
0: coming off a serious knee injury. Joe Burrow has been hit more than any quarterback in the league this year, entering week five, and the Bengals still sat there and said, even though he wasn't taking up our roster spot, sat there and said, we don't need this guy. I'm going to guess there's something there, whether it's an issue with his knee or something else that is a red flag yeah so give him a look if you want but i i I don't think he's an i don't think he's a definitive answer
1: yeah i know there was that video or report going around today of him working out and that he passed that physical but again it's like you could give him a shot but i wouldn't hang my hat on him being the you know solve all answer here to just slot in that right tackle and you're never going to have to worry about that position again but yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on Winu. I think they're at the point where you probably have to bump him out to right tackle, but they're just they're not going to do it. And, and we saw Riley Reef. He returned to practice yesterday. He, he's been on the IR since that last preseason game uh, when he hurt his knee against Tennessee. And I think that's probably going to be their route: is just retry him at right tackle and say maybe just you know because Vidarian Loa has been bad. It, it, it's been really bad, and just saying Riley Reef can. Maybe just be a little more serviceable than this, and then maybe he can give you a little more in the run game to help the run game going. And I think that's probably the path they're going to take, keeping on new at right guard. Then either Strange or Mothy, they battle it out for the, that left guard spot. But yeah, that's 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 what I'm expecting to see: the Reef or Low at, at right tackle on, on Sunday, or whenever Reef is ready and new sticks at guard.
0: Yeah, I I think that's what we see too.
1: Yep. But uh yeah I mean I mean like Cam Jordan he, he's going to be he's going to be coming over that right side so that's going to be an issue again Saints kind of low it in their blitz blitz pressure blitz rate but maybe they dial it up on Sunday try to pressure Mac take advantage of that line but uh, we can move over to or, or let's let's talk about running the running the football right because yes. I know you want to run the damn ball this week so do you think they can finally start clicking here in the run game? I know Ramondre, he's been limited the last two days with a thigh injury. Uh, so is this the week that they say we're going to run the damn football and find some success doing that? It needs
0: to be, Brian. It needs to be, especially in short yardage situations. And yep. we we talked on the last show, and people have heard me go on about this enough, and I did like 10 minutes on this today on Catch-22. The third one in the red zone. In the fourth and one from the 40 in the second quarter in that Cowboys game and how they didn't once in a short yardage situation just get an eye set and hand the ball off to one of their power backs. It is inexcusable. And, 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 you know, some people push back and say, well, they can't block it, and they have to get creative. Freaking try. Let's let's find out if they can do it or not because they really haven't tried it. I'm going to give you some numbers here, Brian. All right. On third and fourth and short this year, so that's three yards to go or less, third and fourth and short, the Saints have faced 17 plays in that situation defensively. It's almost a 50-50 split. Teams have thrown the ball nine times in third and short against the Saints and run it eight times. When teams run the ball against the Saints on third and short, They pick up the first down 62.5% of the time. That is just 5% below the league average. So the Saints still better than average. But six times out of 10, you run the ball on third and short or fourth and short against the Saints, you get the first down. When teams throw the ball against the Saints on third or fourth and short, 33% of those plays result in a first down. That's 20%. Off of the league average. You tell me what they should be doing on third and short, on fourth and short against the Saints, because it's the trend's right there. Sounds and you know like
1: what, uh, what Sandra Bullock would say here: "Run the damn ball, run the Dane ball."
0: <laughs> and and look, maybe they're worried about their own ability to run the ball. Try, try. That's kind of where we're at, because this team is built to run the ball. This is not a passing offense. If they didn't want to run the ball, if they were afraid of running the ball, they should have signed DeAndre Hopkins. They should have drafted a receiver in the top 100. They should have added a a, a tackle. They should have not drafted a 300-pound guard last year. This team wants to run the ball. Do it. This is the matchup to do it. Do it. Third and one. Put Zeke back there behind. Pharaoh Brown. Hand it off. B-gap. Put your head down. Go. That needs to. Needs to. Be a part of the game plan this week.
1: Yeah, I've even liked those those looks where like they use Zeke at a fullback, like for those short yarded situations. Those have worked Great. too. But like, well, yeah, like still get that, get them both of them in the backfield no, and just no run the ball. No, no, push. no throwing <laughs> the
0: ball fifteen yards down the field on third and one. No, just run the ball. You know and how you know? You know how you know that this is what they need to do because. Mr. Math himself, Mr. I, the running backs don't matter. Evan Lazar, wouldn't be bothered if he didn't see another run in his life. Hates He's ready to Army. run the ball. He wants them to run the ball.
1: <laughs> run the ball. There you go, if Evan. If Evan's calling to run the ball, then you know it's serious. You got to run right, the right. Exactly. But, um,
0: this isn't me wishing it was still 1994, <laughs> saying they should run the ball more. This is a legitimate critique.
1: Yeah, and. and You know, to go with that, like, again, we say it every week. Don't turn the football over. Don't put yourself in a 20-point hole where, you you know, you can't run the ball. Like, that's obviously the basic stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm with it. Run the ball. And then if you have some success there, it opens up this play action and this RPO stuff, which, you know, they need to be hitting for Mac. Um, I was going to pull something up. Oh, speaking – and then with the running backs, like, more Ty Montgomery, and and yeah. not him in that downhill run scheme. Like you need a pass catching back. Like you haven't got much production there. Right. So every time sorry, no. I, I was going to say every time we've seen Ty Montgomery in training camp, he's making plays in that role. Yeah, health and, abil- and ability is one thing, but he's healthy now. He's covering kicks every game. So it, it, if you have him available to you, like put him in that pass catching role, you, you need him.
0: Yeah. Uh so again the whole run the ball thing, that's for like third and one, third and two, third and three, third and eight. Yeah, time on should be out there. I'm with you hundred percent. Uh back to the offensive line real quick because I, I love this. Uh maybe move on Wenu to left guard, mafia, to right guard so you can run behind Trenton on Wenu. This goes back a couple of years. I wanted that them didn't... to put Trent back on the right side yeah, okay. for this exact reason. And now they can't this year, but I wouldn't I'd rather see on Wenu at right tackle. I don't hate this either, but you still have the problem of you don't have a right tackle. Yeah. So maybe if maybe if Riley Reif looks good, that's where this comes in.
1: That'd be interesting. That's still like – then you're back to like a lot of these moving parts though. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to build this continuity. You know what? Have... Move the parts. There's no <laughs>
0: continuity. It's, it's not like they're building up continuity. It's not like it's been the same group yeah. and you're waiting for them to get better. It's, it's four groups you're in just... four weeks. There is no continuity. Throwing stuff at the
1: wall and hoping it sticks at this point and hoping it works. But, um, yeah, uh, run the ball, more Ty Montgomery. Saints are – we've talked a lot, and you saw it against Dallas and New York the week before. Like Patriots offense hasn't been good against man-to-man defense. A lot of that goes back to this personnel decisions, and you don't have wide receivers who can beat – man-to-man defense but the saints play fifth or sixth most man-to-man coverage in the league i believe so you're gonna need man beaters out there hopefully we get some more Demario douglas still i know he's had some you know that that route that he caught on the the 42 yard completion yet against dallas he collided with Devontae parker i know there's some issues that they're probably seeing when they go you know correct these things after the game but you're going to need that man-to-man coverage beating ability, and you're kind of at the point where you just kind of need that playmaking ability on the field. So you might want to live through these growing pains, and that goes, you know, back to Ty Montgomery. He's one of your more elusive route runners, one of your man beaters in that sense. So kind of get those guys on the field, and hopefully those guys can give you some answers there against that man-to-man coverage. Yeah,
0: uh, more Demario Douglas. I I, I said, probably sound like a broken record at this point. <laughs> I don't really care more Demario Douglas. He needs to play. Period. He he just he, he's their most explosive option on offense. He needs to play.
1: That's basically like all the wide receiver talk at this point is just like play Demario yeah. Douglas more and because we still are waiting on Tyquan Thornton. Um, seemed like he was headed in the right direction to be back at practice this week, but he, he hasn't been there uh, yet. So he's still on IR. We're still waiting to see him. So, without him, like, Demario Douglas is the guy who can run away from man coverage, is that elusive dynamic guy. So, more pop Douglas, as always. But, uh, any other things offensively from the Patriots that you were kind of looking at against this Saints defense? Uh, I think we covered it all. All right. There was one more thing on Run the Damn Ball I just thought okay. of. Uh, did you see where the 49ers released yesterday? Oh, Jack Coletto. Jack Coletto, if you yeah. want additional fullback, maybe there's nothing traditional about Jack Coletto. Oh, but yeah, you can.
0: For people who don't know, Jack Coletto plays fullback, tight end, and linebacker. He was in the draft this year from Oregon State. He actually played for the Patriots at the Shrine Bowl. So,
1: a I, I call I would not be surprised if they made. Yeah, that would be interesting to watch. But uh, we can jump over to the Saints' defense or the Saints' offense versus the Patriots' defense and. Could be another rock fight on our hands here because the Saints offense is one of the three teams, along with the Patriots and Josh McDaniels' is Raiders, that have not scored over 20 points this year. I think they're averaging right around 15, 15 and a half, 16 points per game. So. Kind of weird because you look at their roster and there's a lot of like talent on that roster, right? Like Chris Olave is a really good receiver. Michael Thomas, Rashid Shaheed is this big play guy. They got Alvin Kamara back. I know Derek Carr is now battling that shoulder injury, that AC joint, and he had a weird game last last week. Like a lot of checkdowns, 13, 14 passes, like out or behind the line of scrimmage, but. They have a lot of talent on their offense, but it's just not really clicking down there in New Orleans right now.
0: Yeah. And and like
1: you mentioned, that injury is not helping.
0: Uh, Plain and simple. Like you got to take it, it's an injured quarterback. You got to take advantage. My biggest thing for the defense this week, and the Saints' defense plays like this. Uh, They're not going out, the Saints' defense isn't just going out there trying to stop the offense. The Saints' defense is going out there trying to make plays on their own tackles for loss, forced fumbles, interceptions, sacks, like things like that, right? The Patriots defense needs to take it to the Saints offense. It's not just about stopping them. It's about making plays in your own right. Now, their two best playmakers are out. So that's a lot easier said than done. But to only force two turnovers through four games is not enough from this defense right now. So they got to go out. They got to be aggressive. They got to set the tone. Um, Specifically when it comes to Alvin Kamara, this is a guy that had in 47 plays last week had 24 touches gotta be keying in on him gang tackling with him first guy gets to the ball second guy tries to punch it out that kind of thing need an aggressive game plan from the defense this week
1: yeah and, and Kamara, he had a very if i remember correctly he had a very good game in two years ago right yeah that's i was just trying to pull up his stats but um he had, yeah 13 catches too you mentioned all those those touches so 13 catches how are you kind of guarding him this week like Marte Mapu is—is is he going to be in this equation, or I—I I, I don't know. One I, of these safeties, all these safeties you have. How how are you kind of guarding Kamara in that pass catching game? Probably Mapu, Duggar, maybe Jalen Mills if he splits out wide. Um, can't be
0: can't be John Bentley. Look, John Bentley's gotten a lot better in coverage. This is not your typical receiving running back. This is a guy with the receiving skill set who happens to play running back. Like him, McCaffrey, he's in that elite, elite tier of pass catching running backs. So, yeah, I, I, I think this should be a big Marte Mapu game. Probably should be.
1: Yeah, and, and nice to see him increase season high snaps last week. Now that like we talk about playing these kids, we'll talk about Keon White in a second. But like, get them all out on the field, let them battle through the growing pains. But uh I just Kamara two years ago here, eighty nine yards on the ground, three catches, twenty nine yards and a touchdown there. So. Uh, He had his mark on that game. But uh, you can talk about Keon White because Mayo mentioned it earlier. No Matthew Judon with the bicep surgery, but Trey Flowers practicing off Pup. If they play Trey Flowers over Keon White, like, majority of the time, I'm going to be pretty upset. Like, you need depth there, obviously, right? Like, sure, Trey Flowers would be nice to have in that instance, but, like, this should be Keon White's role going forward. You expect some Anthony Jennings, you expect some Jelani Tavai down there, but like let Keon White out there and kind of let him find his foot in here. Yeah,
0: I mean, you're going to rotate guys, like you said. Uh, no defensive lineman really plays more than like uh, 70% would be high, but the, the names you just named, uh, Anthony Jennings, Trey Flowers, Jelani Tavai, Keon White should have more snaps than all of them. Absolutely, and, and more importantly, honestly, I think, Third down, red zone. That's got to be – you got to put him in the key spots because he gives you the highest upside, and you can't – he doesn't have the highest floor of all those guys. Tavai probably does. I, I don't know what kind of shape Trey Flowers is in. If Trey Flowers is truly healthy, probably then it's Trey Flowers. I don't know, but um, you can't bank on floor right now. They, it's too, There's too much floor. It's all floor. <laughs> like one of those outdoor patios that's like really nice brick on the ground just just, the floor (laughs) right it's just the floor so you got to get some stealing players on the field and Dion white's definitely a stealing player you got to get him out there and see what he can do
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see if they maybe give uche a little more of like a three down roll too like this is a guy who you're gonna have to decide if you want to pay him and i know he hasn't really done that he's been a situational pass rusher but if if Maybe he wants that money here. They might have to see him more as a three-down player. So now yeah. with Judon out, he might have a chance to kind of prove some of that. But um
0: Well, I would say with him, it's like he's good. So part of the reason he was so good last year is teams were double and triple teaming Judon, so Uche's getting these one-on-ones, and he's winning. Now he's going to get the doubles and the triples. So who's winning off of his attention? And that's where I'm looking at Keon White.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dietrich Wise has been pretty disruptive. I thought he's been one of their better defensive players. And you hope Christian Barmore can, you know, keep. He's had some good game pressure wise stats early to start this year, but you hope he can kind of step up and become your, like, number two rusher behind Uche there and help relieve some of that pressure uh, off of him. But uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about the corners earlier. Uh, JC was practicing he wasn't on the injury report i I mean would you expect him to be out there like he knows the scheme he knows the system they kind of need the 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 bodies at the cornerback spot so i mean if he's ready to go why not but um, look it's
0: not like they signed him off the street Yeah, he's in football shape and you would think at least he's in football shape and i'm gonna guess maybe not this week but the goal is within a week or two to have him at you know be the number one corner whatever gonzalez was playing like 90 something percent of the snaps I, I would think that's the plan. Maybe this week it's a little lower, but no, he should be out there. He should be they need him. They period. Point blank. They need him. He should be out yep. there this week. And you, you hope- traded for him. You make a trade like that because you're not going quietly into the night. Because yep. you do still think you can dig out of a one and three hole and make the playoffs. You don't have games to waste if that is the mentality. So he needs he you trade for guy in this spot. The plan is he should be out there this week.
1: Yep. And and you obviously hope. Jonathan Jones is, is healthy here. which yeah. Like this would be, if they put him on IR back when this first happened, like this would be the last game he would have missed on IR. So, I mean, so, I get like some of those injuries are weird where like you are truly week to week. You're not really sure how it's going to go, but he's still limited with that ankle, but you, you kind of hope he's close at this point.
0: I don't fault them for not putting John Jones on IR. I, I, I think that's a a weird game to play. The, oh, he's been out four weeks. He should have been on IR. A couple of reasons. One, and it's new this year. You can only bring eight players back. Yeah. And that sounds like a lot, but I mean, they're going to bring they're, two back already. They're running week, right? through them already. <laughs> so if you don't need to, and then, well, you know, he missed four weeks. Well, what if originally they thought it was a three week injury? And then in week two, they realized he was going to be out for five weeks. So now are you going to put him on, and he's going to miss seven? Like you can't do it retroactively, like in baseball with the with the ILs. So I, I I never have a problem with that. Yeah. He's a good player. It'd be one thing if he's a guy that doesn't play too. He's a good player. He's a guy they need. I I, I look the last couple of weeks. I've definitely given them their fair share of critiques. I, <laughs> if not putting Jonathan Jones on IR and him still missing four weeks. Yeah. Eh, whatever.
1: Some of those injuries, like like Damian Harris, he was the thigh last year. Yeah. It, was like, it looked like he could have come back. And then just some of those week-to-week injuries can be a little difficult to predict how they look. So, yeah, no real fault, fault there, but you hope he's back in the mix because you need him uh, at the cornerback spot. But uh, any other last defensive things that, that you got here? Um, I think that's pretty much it for me. Yeah. Just play the kids. That's the big one play the kids but yes um could be in this rock fight a big special teams battle yeah uh, of course i think chad Ryland will probably be busy bryce barringer will probably be busy and saints have a pretty talented coverage and return you know we mentioned rashid shaheed earlier there he's an explosive player leads yeah. the league in punt return average i think he's averaging over 20 yards of return and then their coverage team is really good. you know. Bill and K. Acord, shout it out. Uh, it's JT Gray, I believe it is. Uh, yeah. He's like two-time All-Pro. So they got some really talented guys there and special teams in one of these low-scoring defensive battles uh, could play a big role in this. Yeah, yeah. Shahid in particular scares me. You know,
0: you've been wearing those shirts all week. Tough teams cover kicks. They got to prove that this week. They yeah. got their the work cut out for them there.
1: Yeah. And, and the Saints punter is one of those, like, rugby style punters yeah
0: he, he hasn't been
1: good though yeah he, so that's
0: another one where can demario douglas kind of capitalize
1: yeah so he said today he's seen plenty of those in liberty so he should be comfortable with them so that'll be interesting if they can get something big going in the return game there because they haven't really i know peppers had a few like 10 plus but they haven't really broken any big ones since since marcus jones went down and, and douglas had kind of that poor one against uh dallas where he was like running running sideline to sideline two yard loss yeah. strip sack two plays later so um it'll be interesting to kind of see how he looks in that role for for a second straight week there yeah yeah so. i'd agree with that mm-hmm. so that, that pretty much pretty much covers all three units there uh, are, are you confident in this one like no
0: no yeah. I'm, i like I, they, I think they probably should win i
1: don't know they
0: opened as what like one and a half point favorites now they're one point underdogs Yep. I, it, if forget the offensive issues, Bill Belichick is a defensive minded coach. If he loses to a quarterback that's down his throwing shoulder, like this is the injury, the AC joint. Like players miss time for this. This is the and granted, it's Jimmy Garoppolo, and we all know what Martellus Bennett said about Jimmy Garoppolo. But this is the injury that held Jimmy Garoppolo out in seventeen. Like that's uh, it's a bad injury, and he's playing through it. And credit to Derek Carr for that. Nothing against him, but. If a Bill Belichick defense, even down players, this is, don't get me wrong, Matthew Judon and Christian and Saul are incredibly talented, but all the resources they've pumped into defense the last few years, none going offense, all the defense, they have no excuse to lose a game to a quarterback with a bad throwing shoulder. They just don't. That's just the reality of it. They don't. So that'll be interesting to watch.
1: Yeah. I, it's probably going to come down to the turnover battle. Whatever defense yeah. can create that, that, either late turnover or that extra turnover that's probably going to be a, a big thing there so yeah they are one point dogs home dogs over on FanDuel so I, I don't know how many times that has happened in, in the Bill Belichick era here probably not many but uh, that'll be it'll be a rock fight and the over-unders down to 39 Probably still hammering the under uh, on that one I don't know both teams yeah. haven't scored 20 points so uh, that's going against uh that but uh i wanted to ta- ask you one thing that i saw in the comments here about yeah. some college football uh a lot of talk lately about brock bowers in new england i know he's yeah. a really good player but like if they're in the top 10 i don't think you can pick a tight end with that pick no are, are you kind tight of seeing that the same way
0: tight ends are purely luxury picks and I've said this before, if they're drafting that high, it means they need a quarterback. It's nothing against Brock Bowers. I think Brock Bowers is a fantastic player. I think he's, if, if I had to pick like a dark horse for the Heisman, I actually think it's him. I wrote that the other day on uh, Fubo uh, News, but you can't, like, with the tackle issues, with if, if, if Mac's not the guy. You, well, receiver is kind of eh, like, all right, you got a pass catcher, but... Man, I just don't know how you justify. It. They, they would have to have just a crazy free agency period <laughs> to justify that pick. Brock Bowers is going to whatever team ends up with a top ten pick via trade. Like, not you don't take Brock Bowers with your own top ten pick. That's maybe if the Bears take a quarter right because they, they have them in the Panthers. So maybe if 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 they end up with the first overall pick, they had a quarterback. Maybe that next pick if Marvin Harrison's already gone is Brock Bowers. You get him a guy to throw to or. Um, do the Seahawks still have some of the Broncos picks like although they may need a quarterback too, but if the Seahawks end up, you know, picking like eighth and 15th, maybe they take Brock Bowers eighth and then they get the quarterback or something like that.
1: Or the Texans. Do they still have the some Tex- of those Browns uh, picks or did they ship? No, because they out? met,
0: is it the, no, the, no, because the Texans they traded last year to get,
1: they shipped so they all could those draft out? Stroud
0: and Anderson. Remember? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the Watson picks. They might still have one. Now, that'd be a good pick for them, but yeah. Um, that's just the reality of it. You, you, yeah, it's a it's a luxury pick.
1: That's what, yeah. Because I I know he had like an awesome game last week, and I saw a lot of people. There were a few mock drafts going around, but he, like he's an awesome player. Nothing against Brock Bowers, but if the New England Patriots are in the tight end, like or top ten, it's got to be a quarterback or offensive tackle. You're thinking at that point,
0: right? And 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 I mean, this is like sort of fair point. But if you get Gronk, you pick him anywhere. You don't know for sure he's going to be. Yeah. You don't – there's no guarantee with these guys. If
1: he's guaranteed to be Gronk, like he's probably on first overall. Right. If he's
0: guaranteed to be Gronk, he's going to be going 1-1. And the reality is with this class, you know, some of these quarterbacks in this class have very high upside too. And even some of these tackles. And it's if you can have a top five tight end in the league, a top five quarterback in the league, or a top five tackle in the league, like rank them in the order you're taking those guys. Tight end's going to be third. That's just the reality of it.
1: Yep yep i agree with you there i just want to bring that up quick but uh no, that's a fair point so any any other last thoughts pats Pat saints or we can wrap uh, it up here and just look on look forward to sunday
0: I, I do i i would be remiss if we didn't mention i just saw this uh i would have said we should lead the show with it and i didn't see it until i sat down here uh the passing of the great dick butkus uh chicago bears legend linebacker passed away at the age of 80 the bears just announced this um all-time great old-school football players. I didn't get to – I he. I forget exactly what years he played. He was in the 80s, right? The 86 Bears? Yeah, I think so. So I don't – I never got to see him. You know, I, I was – it's a decade before I was born. But uh, in terms of, like, going back, watching clips, like watching old-school football, ah, love watching me some Dick Butkus. Die. You say the word linebacker, and it's like Dick Butkus, Dick Butkus, Jack Lambert. Like, that's who comes to mind, right? Um, so – yeah, uh obviously a big loss for the for the football world there. And we'll see if the Bears can, can Go get their first put on their backs for him tonight. tonight. Yeah, this would be this would be uh at home. I'm sure that crowd will be riled up now for that. Would love to I see think them. I think it's
1: in Washington, isn't it?
0: Oh oh you're right, it is. I don't know, I thought it was yeah. in Chicago. Um but still would love to see him get one for Dick Butkus tonight. That would be that would be very cool. Yep.
1: And I good don't know time. if Mike
0: Ditka's weighed in yet, but I, I would love to hear what Mike Ditka has to say about uh, <laughs> Dick Butkus' legacy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it would be a good time for the Bears' first win of the season. But yeah. uh, we will wrap it up here, and we will get on our way till Sunday. Pats, Saints, looking to kind of keep the season afloat here, if that's possible. But uh, Alex and I will be back to break, uh, break that game down on Monday, so make sure you're subscribed to the channel here so you know when we go live. And until then, you can follow Alex over on Twitter at realalexbarth. Go read all his work for Pat's Saints over at 95esportsup.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at I am Brian hines and go read all my work this week at patspulpit.com. Thank you all as always for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.